Welcome to the AltaCast. What could we possibly be listening to? This is the Scat Brothers' Life at the Outpost. Give your love to a cowboy man. I was having a terrible day until this song came into my life. Please enjoy the rest of it. Closes. It looks like he's definitely rubbing his own pee-pee and jacking it pretty hard. Life at the outpost. Ha. Huh. So glad that came into my life today. 
Welcome to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I am sadly not joined by LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, today. She might be calling in. That would be exciting, and I can't wait if that happens. We might be having another guest come in. Hopefully, I've bribed Amy Bebo with cider that is in the refrigerator here. So hopefully that'll work out. Uh, but I was in a, you know, this has been a rough month for me. It's April. It's the last day of April. I'm really glad that April is over. And, uh, you know, April is the cruelest month. Why do we, why do we say that? Because uh, T.S. Eliot's poem, The Wasteland, which I actually hate. <laughs> I hate that poem. I hate that poem so much. Um, it's widely renowned as like the best American poem, you know, ever written to Ezra Pound, you know, a Nazi sympathizer. But... Uh, hey, it, it does it does start out rather beautiful. Uh, April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. That's nice. That sounds nice. Uh, but, and you know, and April, this April for me was difficult. I was, I was sick. I lost my wallet. Uh, I mean, I cut my finger. <laughs> I got sick again, had a nervous breakdown. It was rough. It was a rough month, you guys. I gotta be honest. Uh, I was current. I was one of the things that made my month scarier and rougher. But then everything resolved. Is that I, uh, I, I lost some employment, uh, and then I gained some more employment. So as I was like, oh, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Uh, one of the families that I nanny for came out of the woodwork and said, hey. We need you. I was like, you do? And they said, yes. And then they gave me more work. So uh, thank you to my good friends at the Estates. And uh, this is a video that was shared with me yesterday that I think is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's a video by The Onion, but you'll understand it just by listening to it. This is another incredibly funny thing. Wow. Kids these days. Last month, the Taggart family of Cedar Mill, Oregon, set off a firestorm of controversy after petitioning the state for the right to end the life of their 13-year-old brain-dead daughter. Jean Ann Wharton takes us beyond the facts. Caitlin Taggart was a beautiful, lively girl who loved laughing and playing outside. But all that changed at the age of 12. Caitlin slipped into a persistent vegetative state confining her almost entirely to her bed and Facebook. She doesn't even have basic motor functions anymore. We literally have to drag her to the car to drive her to school in the morning. She's totally unresponsive when we talk to her. Her eyes just roll back in her head. Caitlin, honey, it's your dad. With no hope that their daughter would ever recover, the Taggarts decided to seek legal permission to end Caitlin's life. It is the most difficult decision we've ever had to make, but. We just keep reminding ourselves that the real Caitlin is already gone. That's just her body texting. But the Taggarts soon found themselves at the center of a heated controversy as euthanasia opposition groups mobilized to stop them. These protesters say the groans and exasperated sighs Caitlin sometimes makes prove there is hope for recovery. 
But the Taggart's physician, Dr. Kevin DeBacker, disagrees. The sounds and movements that Caitlin makes are caused by random synapses firing in what's left of her brain tissue as a response to atmospheric changes, like it being cold in a restaurant or her mother bursting into a room, even though there is a little thing called privacy. Dr. DeBacker believes euthanasia is a humane way to end Caitlin's suffering. We give her one painless injection and that's it. Her eyes may flutter a bit or she may murmur, are you for real killing me right now? But then her struggle will finally be over. Back at the Taggart home, the family is already preparing for life without Caitlin. It's hard, but we know we're making the right decision. Her organs can help other children. We can give her eyes to someone who would actually use them to read a book. I have cramps. And I don't even... What would you tell other parents? I want parents out there to go home tonight and hug their kids and be thankful they don't have such a piss-poor attitude. For Beyond the Facts, I'm Jean Ann Morton. Three days ago, Caitlin's life was legally ended. Caitlin, by the way, was the first Oregon resident to undergo the procedure since 2009 when a dentist had his receptionist euthanized after she was unable to perform any function other than eating all the candy in the waiting room. <laughs> that made me laugh really hard. Wow, 12-year-olds, you know? All right. So here we are on the AltaCast. Again, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm really, I'm hoping for some calls today from some comedians or something. Uh, but until then, I have a bunch of articles and stuff to talk about why April is shitty and fucked up. <laughs> sorry. I'm not sorry. Um, here we go. So first in April, we've got a lot of holidays. We've got April Fool's Day, which is like the worst holiday ever. People just lying to each other. Then on Saturday the 2nd, we've got Autism Awareness. Oh great, like I'm not aware that everyone is autistic now. Like every single person is autistic. Uh, that's not true. But, I mean, geez, that, there's that new movie that came out, Autism in Love, and every, it just seems like, it seems like people when I was little used to be weird and now everyone's autistic. Uh, all right. There was uh, Na International Day of Sport for Development and Peace. Never heard of that on the 6th. World Health Day on the 7th. On the 10th, 10th it was National Siblings Day. Oh, man. I can't even believe that. Uh, taxes were due. That's great. 420 isn't even listed on this holiday thing. So it's also Hitler's birthday. That's not such a great day. Columbine, not a great day. Earth Day on the 22nd, good day. And then we have Passover. We're still in Passover. Hope you guys are paying attention to that. And then we have Arbor Day on the 29th. So there's a little, oh, an International Jazz Day on the 30th. That's pretty cool. So there's an inner, that's a little overview of all the great days of April. Also, you'd think that the Ides of March would be bad, but no. It's the 15th of April, which is the worst. Uh... So, it was also National Poetry Month. Yay. Uh, but April, it's funny that they put National Poetry Month in, in April, and April is the cruelest month, right? Uh, and uh, this is a little article from this guy. It says, admittedly, I'm not a fan of the wasteland written in the aftermath of the Great War of 1922. I'm not a big fan of it either. 
It's much too obscure, and trying to follow it can give you a headache. It costly shifts locations, perspective, and narrators. Any poem that needs explanatory notes at the end is a bit too dense for my taste. I'm completely on board with this guy. Um, I like the... the um, and the women come and go, talking to Michelangelo. I really enjoy the love song of Alfred Prufrecht, whatever. I don't mind that T.S. Eliot poem, um, but The Wasteland, ugh. I never liked it, and I would always get in arguments in poetry school about it because it's too obscure. And at the beginning of it, there's like these epitaphs in, you know, um, fucking Greek, but there's no footnote to tell you what it means, and some of it doesn't even make sense in Greek, and you're like, what is going on? Where are you going with words, words, words? Um, okay. Yet the wasteland has been a favorite of academics and serious poets for many a moon. Quoting the line, April is the cruelest month, has also become a cliche among newspaper reporters, bloggers, and writers. Unfortunately, they get it wrong. Well, I'm going to prove it right. April is the cruelest month. I had a shitty month. I'm going to talk about it and all the other terrible things that happened. Uh, Elliot was not being literal. He was being ironic. April, he knows, is not a cruel month. April is a month of rebirth. When the weather becomes mild, rain brings flowers, and spring is upon us and life stirs. The line, April is the cruelest month, is an allusion to the prologue of Chaucer's The Canterbury Tales, which talks about spring being regenerative and full of life. Remember, the first section of the wasteland is called Burial of the Dead, and the section is a meditation on the cycle of things. Eliot agrees with Chaucer, but Eliot is saying that life, especially life springing from dead things, is like a dead wasteland. While beautiful, it is arduous and daunting. That is why the first sentence juxtaposes several intimates, in, images, cruel, dead, dull, with spring, lilacs, breeding. And Eliot isn't saying that April the month is cruel, but the idea of life springing out of death can be cruel because of its difficult transition. He is celebrating life, but acknowledging it, it can be tumultuous and challenging, that sometimes remaining dead is easier. But poetry can mean different things to different people. What do you think? Okay, so that's uh, April is the cruelest month. That's kind of why started this whole thing up uh beware the month of april it's a bad one this is from uh cw plunkett did you think march was a lousy month it usually is how is april treating you thus far yes i know we're only a few days into it well we're almost at the end now uh but so maybe it's a little too early to tell the reason i bring this up is because april is one of the worst months out there it is. It's terrible. Bad things happen in April. Need proof? Oh, I've got proof. April 15th marks the 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. <clears throat> this year it's actually like the 100 and something else. But April 15th, sinking of the Titanic. See what I'm saying? 100 years ago, the unsinkable Titanic began its maiden attempt to cross the Atlantic and ran into an iceberg. Although conspiracy theorists still claim that it ran into President William Howard Taft. Oh, but um, But I honestly believe that the Titanic, if it had waited a few months later, we'd be eating $40 hamburgers on a dry dock Titanic down in Long Beach somewhere to this very day. April is a very bad month. Need I further proof? I've got it. I've got proof for your proof, and honestly, I don't even know what that means, but I digress. The Oklahoma City bombing occurred in April 1995. The Virginia Tech University shooting took place in April of 2007. The Bay of Pigs invasion began in April 1961. We know how that turned out. Shakespeare feared this month. Chaucer rooted as well. It also happens to be uh, the 
It's the, we already talked about this, the epic modernist poem by T.S. Eliot titled The Wasteland. It is sometimes regarded as the most important poems of the 20th century. Is it merely chance that a profound poet began his master work with the line, April is the cruelest month? Coincidence? I think not. Although I suppose it could be, but for the purpose of sustaining the reader's motivation for the reading in this column, I'm going to say that it's not. Uh, this year, April 18th was tax day. That could be the cruelest day of the year. Sufferers from allergies. April is the worst month for, worst month for pollen. You know it's true. Uh, need more proof? The Branch Davidian fiasco in Waco, Texas took place in April 1993. The Columbine shooting happened in April 1999. Apollo 13 was launched in April 1970. We all know how that turned out. I mean, they gave it the number 13 and it was launched in April. What was NASA thinking? When it comes right down to it, the best thing about April is probably Easter Sunday. But this year, Easter didn't happen in April. It happened in March. Uh, the Reverend Martin Luther King and President Abraham Lincoln were both assassinated in April. The BP oil spill began in April 2010. The bombing of Fort Sumner was in April 1861. The AMC Gremlin was the first sold in April 1970. And in April 1043, Edward the Confessor was crowned King of England. We all know how that turned out, or do we? Need I remind you that Adolf Hitler was born on April 20th? And then again, there's the 420s, the pot day. Um, okay, so there's all the bad things that happened. Uh, so April is a terrible, cruel month. And uh, there was one more thing. Uh, more people die in April than any other. Hey, I'm joined by Amy Bebo. Hey. 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 Uh, April, is it, was April a terrible month for you or was everything okay? Um, let's see. Um, well, I was mad about what happened in New York with um, voter, you know, irregularities. You know, we had a lot of like people disenfranchised from our political system in April. Oh, like with the whole you couldn't vote in yeah, the primaries because they changed Yeah, you couldn't vote if you're an things. independent and a bunch of people just got totally fucked and like their names taken off the rolls. You know what though? Uh, everybody should know that. I mean. I, I'm registered as a Green Party member, which means I can't vote for the Democratic primaries. I've known that for years. Sure, it's it's, but I think when you when you have a six month window for people to be able to change their affiliation, not to mention just I wasn't going to choose my to change my affiliation. Should I have changed my affiliation? Well, I think there were a lot of independents because, for example, for Bernie Sanders, who is a registered independent, I mean that's what his, you know, he is an independent. And but he's so running under Democratic. Ticket. It is because there's no the independents never get you know, elected. So that was his only chance was to be a Democrat. But since normally he has, you know, support from that. Well, you know, from that group. he's bitching about something he shouldn't be bitching about. But a hundred thousand people who were registered Democrats also got okay, that's taken terrible. off the polls. That's not fair. I would also say that, um, you know, we had the largest arrest of protesters at the Capitol happen in April, Democracy Spring, which is getting no media attention. Over 1,100 people arrested, you know, as they're trying to bring attention to the corruption in our political system. That's pretty terrible and getting no media attention. Wow, I, I didn't even know people were getting arrested for anything. 1,100 other than people drugs. Um, just got arrested in the last couple of weeks in. Um, D.C. at the Capitol oh. for, for protesting, and it hasn't gotten any media attention at all. Wow. What yeah. were they protesting again? They're, um, it's basically they're protesting how much money is in politics. So they're trying to overturn oh. Citizens United. So it's like a really big movement. Is one of the largest protests. 
you know, but on the national, I feel like we even need to bring. Once you get to the national level, like, what's the point? We, it's such a problem, even in our at our own. Like, remember when we voted on this housing thing and all that stuff in November, and uh, it was crazy because all the money that's being spent, just even on a local level, is insane. Like all of the mail that goes into your box and all the expensive, you know, four color large pieces of heavy paper yeah. that are that people just just throw away and throw instantly. away. I mean, in each of those, and, and they go to, I mean, my apartment building has like, I don't know, 100 apartments in it. And that means that it went to 100 of those boxes, and that's just one building. So, yeah, and if they a cost a dollar a piece, that's like, I don't know. And that's just, and that's nothing in the political system. That's right. the fucking mail. That's like not even any of the people buying the politicians. Right. And for, and bribery. The, right. $40,000. And I don't know how they do it legally because I thought that when you were donating to a presidential campaign, the most you could give was like two grand. Yeah, they, they changed it. Um, that's what the Citizens United ruling was with the Supreme Court, which is what the people are so up in arms about, is basically they removed, you know, um, donation caps for corporations and individuals and stuff. And so they basically, you know, it's like you can write blank checks to, you know, buy whichever politicians that you want. So, I mean, for me personally, like I got overcharged on some car repairs, you know, and that was fucking bullshit. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I don't have April cool months. any, um, you know, one thing, can I say anything that good that happened? Sure. Um, Oregon is starting to talk about um, giving reparations now that they're legalizing marijuana. They're talking about giving reparations to people that were arrested because of marijuana in the last 10 years. Well, are they going to let them out of jail? Yeah, I still they're going to give reparations. I still have friends that are, but that's Oregon, Oregon. State yeah. because I have, when it's federal, that's right. the thing too, is that if it goes legal, like if it gets off schedule one in November... Uh, of 2016, there's the HC 1013 that changes marijuana from a Schedule One to a no schedule drug, just making it the same as alcohol. I'm changing great. the um, ATF to alcohol, marijuana, firearms, and whatever else. Um, and but I don't know if it's going to pass or not, but it's you know that's a it's a big deal. But if it does, does that mean that our prisons empty because of all of the wrong like now that it's legal and we say that it's recreational and it's no longer a schedule one does that mean that anybody who's in jail for marijuana possession or for distribution or whatever does that mean they get out hopefully i doubt it we don't know but that's well that's why i think the oregon thing is interesting because it's the first political process that that's actually saying hey because colorado and and washington both legalized but there was never any talk of reparations for people who've been you know basically wrongly convicted for something that's a plant but right, no, I mean it's ter yeah. it's terrible. So it could be setting a precedent in Oregon, you know, reparations. So, so that's kind of good news. Just let I just say that we uh, l reparations. That's fine, but just let the people out of jail. That well, would that's be what great. reparations are: is making it restitution, and and you know what I mean, like. Well, but no, right. I think reparations is getting paid. Yeah, but I would but imagine they would also be released. I just I, getting released, I'd say is number one. I wouldn't need the money. Just let them out of jail. <laughs> you don't want to just you know d deposit it into your commissary in the prison. <laughs> right. I mean, it depends what kind of life you're leading. Uh, more terrible things that happened in uh, in April: the, uh, the My Lai massacre, the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum art heist, the Hillsborough Stadium disaster, the Battle of Culloden. The Good Friday Massacre, Black Monday, and the Return of Apollo 13. Uh, uh, also, in there's way more numbers of deaths overall. So, like he, this guy made a graph of all the weird like. 
things where people have died and what months they're in. And it's like over 4,000 deaths from these happened in. Uh, but hey, I don't, let's see. Okay, so we've got like, in January, there were only 138 deaths because of the Boston molasses flood, the TWA flight three crash, Cleveland elementary Stockton massacre, Northridge earthquake and flight United flight 266. So all of those deaths, so he equaled up all these deaths, right? So we get into April and there's all of these things. April 15th, Abraham Lincoln died. That's one. The Titanic sank. That's 119. The Great Mississippi Flood in 1927, the worst flood in U.S. history, killed 250 people. The Boston Marathon bombing killed three people. Virginia Tech shooting, 32. 1906 earthquake in San Francisco from April 18th, 3,425 people. The end of the Branch Davidian siege, 86 people. The Oklahoma City bombing, 168. Columbine school shooting, 15. And Deepwater Horizon explosion, giving you a total of 4,110 deaths from, uh, you know, exciting massacres and terrible things in history. So, I mean, if we scroll down to 9-11, did they they put that in there? If they didn't add that in there, just crazy, right? August, September. They didn't put it in. What? Because September 16th, they've got the 1920 Wall Street bombing with uh, 38 deaths. And September 18th, the Okeechobee hurricane with about 2,500 uh, dead people. And they didn't even they say... They forgot 9-11? They forgot 9-11. Well, I think that would have skewed the results. If they would have included yeah. 9-11, it would have skewed the results. Maybe he just... He went up and... No, because maybe he stopped at... 2000 or something doesn't make sense sense. uh so anyways okay so that's tragedy in april there we go i i just looked up like terrible things in in april (laughs) and and the one thing i got which is totally boring but super like i guess international and awesome is the international iran times have something called terrible things happen and it's from april 15th 2016 and it's all about all the terrible things that are happening right now with um, Tehran and before the, like, I don't even, I didn't even know any of these things are happening, but it's still like, I think that America has put like a, like a, a I don't know, something over my brain where I just, I can't even, I can't even, like, it's just none of it. It just, it's not that it's boring, but it's like, I don't have anything to connect it to at all. Like, I'm like, and it, I know that this is news for a whole bunch of people, and I'm just like, I, let's see if we can pull something out. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly have, this is something that's totally like happening right now, and I just, I have nothing in my brain to attach it to at all, because I don't know anything about it. It says, Americans just can't take the I- Iranian tyrant seriously. I'm like, what Iranian tyrants? <laughs> yeah. If you ask me what's Iranian Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei, means when he leads his weekend crowds in a chance of chant of death to America, most Americans will not say he wants to destroy us all. Yet that is precisely what he means. And if we had leaders worthy of the name, they would be designing a strategy to bring down the Tehran regime before Khomeini and his evil henchmen do terrible things here <gasps> to oh my us. God. I know, right? But I'm already like What? Instead, We've got our own crazy leaders. I know. Instead of <laughs> Well, this is, they're saying instead the president and the secretary of state keep showering largesse on the ayatollahs, meaning big presidents, who respond by telling us they are preparing our destruction. Last week, for example, Iranian 
Revolutionary Guard Corps IRGC Commander Major General Mohammed Ali Jafari sounds a lot like a Disney character said Iran is preparing for an all-out war with the U.S. and its allies and has vowed Iran will come advancing and testing its ballistic missile program. Yuck. I know. I just can't even believe that this is a thing. Speaking at gathering, speaking at a gathering of senior IRGC commanders in Tehran Tuesday, Jafari declared that the U.S. would not be able to do a damn thing in the face of Iranian advances, according to the official Tasnim news agency. This echoed an earlier speech by Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei, who, in response to Washington's latest plea for new talks about the ongoing Iranian ballistic missile tests, coldly, coldly said, "Those who are, those who say the future is in negotiations, not in missiles, are either ignorant or traitors. After all, if the Islamic Republic seeks negotiations but has no defensive power, it would have to back down against threats from any weak country." You may recall that President Obama lamented that while Iran was spending respecting the letter of the nuclear deal, it was often violating the spirit of the agreement, to which the chief of staff of the Iranian Armed Forces, Major General Hassan Firubadzi, gave the U.S. president the back of his ma- mailed fist. We studied the details of the nuclear agreement and didn't see anything but its text and don't have any information about its spirit. <laughs> they have something different in mind. He bragged about Iran's global military power, including naval forces in the Western Hemisphere. Those who laugh off Iranian braggadocio might wish to rethink their lightheartedness. All indications that Tehran is deadly serious has been there all along. They recently showed off a missile in which they'd written, Israel must be demolished, and their missiles are plenty good. If they are indeed in Latin America, they could launch similar missiles from countries like Bolivia, Nicaragua, and Cuba, all of which serve as bases for Hezbollah, one of Iran's two foreign legions, along with the Kid QUD, I don't know what that is, Kids Force of the Revolutionary Guard Corps. Should we be scared of this? It sounds kind of frightening to me, Pam, and I don't normally get like scared of like, you know, ISIS or, or that kind of story, you right. know, but I, I think that there's been, you know, so much, I mean, with, with the U.S. like invading Iraq and Afghanistan and, and showing that we're willing to just, you know, go into a country and, you know, destroy their infrastructure, like on false pretenses and stuff like that. I can imagine that, you know, a country like Iran, which does have a serious nuclear program, you know, as well as like hostility towards, you know, basically the United States, you know, like imperialistic tendencies to go everywhere with our like garbage making asshole culture. Right. You know what I mean? That, that we're definitely at odds, you know, on like a cultural level, like a spiritual level, you know, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't really want to, you know, fuck it all up, you know, and it's, they, and they, this is this they is they right do now. Pretty by serious. The way. Yeah, this is this is the current Ter- April. Terrible kind of, things are happening. Yeah, you know, so April that 15, doesn't. You know, pl- things like ISIS that you know to me have like questionable roots. Um, I think ISIS is actually a CIA. Yeah, that's what I mean when I say questionable roots. I'm I'm not sure, but um, I'm not as scared of, of, of like something like that. And I'm not a big fear monger or you know like 
you know, informed by fear. But, you know, I know that Iran has been angry for a long time. Um, you know, with the U.S. dollar, like they've been we've been manipulating like the oil markets, you know, by, right. by only allowing like the dollar to be the thing that you can purchase oil. Oh, you know, Iran's been Yeah, well, it, it's it's one of the reasons that the dollar stays strong is that we manipulate like the world markets by by saying like the U, the, the barrels are sold in U.S. dollars. And there's been like a controversy for a long time with Iran, you know, and even like with Europe, because they're like, well, a while ago they were trying to go to like the euro and like the U.S. is like making all these like moves because it's one of the only things that's like bolstering like the weak existence of the dollar, you know, is that, you know, we they're using it as that global currency. Do so, you think that global currency is going to come into play, though, like with the world, like the Amero or like I the euro already exists, but they've been talking about the, the Amero yeah, for a long time. They've been talking about that for a while, you know, like Alex Jones and all that kind right. of stuff. But I, I don't know, like. I'm not sure about that, but I do know that, 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 you know, Iran, because they also have oil and all that kind of stuff, you know, they, yeah, they've been mad about, about the U.S.'s, like, domination, you know, like, in the economic realms. So I do think, my point is only this, I do think that they're super angry and serious and that they, they can pose a threat to their neighboring countries. And, and, and Israel is and one of those Israel is countries. definitely there, and um, obviously they're very vulnerable. And, um, you know, there's just like a lot of crazy political stuff going on. Can't and and it's true. It's true when Iran says, you know, like if we're just negotiating, but we don't have any force behind us, then, you know, what are they going to do? And, 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 you know, we've been leading the way in like militarism and, and, and that. And, you know, so I wish we didn't. The Obama administration downplays the significance of Iranian words, ships and missiles, describing them more in sadness than real concern. Most recently offering a new missile deals and possible access to the dollars. This, I don't know what the dollar zone means. This desperate scramble for ever closer ties with Iran goes hand in hand with Secretary of State John Kerry's effort at reproachment with the Marxist terrorists of the Colombian FARC a few years ago, considered defeated by the National Army, aided by American security agencies from the CIA to DEA. But we want to embrace them, not consign them to the archives of recent unpleasant past. The Iranians are in a hurry to cash in while the final months of the Obama during the final months of the Obama presidency and the White House will apparently pay most of the price to be able to claim it made peace with Tehran. So don't be surprised when terrible things happen. Uh, the guy who wrote this is Michael Landine. He's the Freedom Scholar for the Foundation of Defense of Democracies. And again, this was an article from the International Iran Times, an independent news source about Iran founded in 1970 uh, and they're in Washington, D.C. So, again, I looked up, like, terrible things April 2016 and I got this, like, the world's falling apart. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm Googling the dollar zone just because that was, like, something interesting. It looks like there's a negotiations between, like, Iran and Pakistan um, to make some kind of, like, a economic like a, a large economic thing, kind of like the, what the euro did. And oh. I have super slow internet, so mostly I just... Well, we know it's a thing that it, everyone a, else seems to know about. Well, people in that article seem to know about. I'm like, oh, the dollar zone is a thing? It's a Central Asia-China economic trade zone that will potentially embrace Turkey. Oh. And... Um, it can raise their mutual trade from the present 270 million a year to five billion in less than five years. Oof. So, um, and I also, when I was googling that, how many I people get subjugated? Most of them. <laughs> most of them. Help help and being oppressed. <laughs> most Look of at them. the violence inherent in the system. 
It also said that Brazil was talking that they're in negotiations to accept euros from Iran to purchase things like planes and infrastructure things. International money laundering. I love it. I don't know if it's money laundering so much as it is that Iran has had a hard time buying shit because they can't get any dollars. I see. I see. <laughs> hey, uh, you should grab a cider out of the thing there. It's in the refrigerator behind the thing. Uh, and then this is we're talking about worldwide politics, so it's only going to make sense here. Uh, that we move on to your favorite guy, Donald Trump. This is from, uh, and I say that with all sarcasm. We are no, we have, we have no love for that guy here uh, in this room, and hopefully in this building. Uh, and I'll go back. I say this all the time, but I'll go back to it. the only reason, not the only reason, but the number one reason that he cannot be trusted is that he's dishonest about his own hair. <laughs> if he's dishonest about his own body. I mean, now, I guess Hillary wears makeup and quaffs her hair in a certain way, whatever. But if he can't be honest about a hair, I mean, his, he's got a 42-year-old wife, and she has to smell his hair glue. How can she not be come out to the American public and say what a disgusting freak he is? He smells like a dead rat. I've smelled the hair glue. They, they, when you have a toupee, when you can't be honest about your own hairline as a man, which is one of the saddest, most most cowardly things I can think of Ugh. is when when I, I mean and I'm not just going to say in, in men I mean but ah just admit you went bald it's okay you know what yeah it's, it's okay we would balds love- are sexy guys too yeah, I mean, he's never going to be sexy, but you know, he has money, so some people are into that. But he could, yeah, let's go. I think he's hiding wires because he's a oh, robot. There we so go. I really that think that, it's, that it's actually more of like a, a robot access panel. Uh huh, uh huh. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Okay, and they I'm don't know it. how to make it look natural. And if he was bald, we'd be able to see, see the robot the, panel. Of course. Yeah, we'd be able to see the um, hinges and the, um, right. you know, the outlines. wires and the, yeah, yeah. the duct tape, all the yeah. things. <laughs> uh, my theory. I believe it. I believe it. This is uh, by Josh Voorhees of the Slate. And it's uh, just how scared should the world be of President Trump? The answer is very, uh, even scarier than he looks. Donald Trump speaks uh, at a campaign, uh, blah, 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 blah. Here we go. Just how terrified should the world be about the prospects of a President Donald J. Trump? And he land, was landslide, landslide in the, in the, in the results. Um, I have some videos up of that as well. Um, but both Trump and Clinton scored major victories and Trump, it was like, I, I had the stats here. Uh, it was way more than the other guys. That's for sure. Uh, anyways, it was very, very sad. I surprised I don't have those, uh, those, the graphs right there, but landslide. Okay. Uh, about as worried as it is about jihad terrorists destabilizing the global economy. That's the official assessment of the Economist Intelligence Unit, a major global geopolitical analyst analysis firm that keeps tabs on what it believes are the biggest threats to the world. In its latest global risk assessment, The Economist magazine's sister company rates the danger posed by a potential Trump presidency a 12 on a scale of 1 to 25, classi- classifying it as slightly less of a threat to the world than a new Cold War between Russia and the West, and slightly more than an armed conflict in the South China Sea. So, um, yeah, pretty bad. That's pretty bad. <laughs> Here's the full top 10. 
As the firm's name might suggest, the group tends to give economic concerns top billing. Okay, so this is number one. China experiences a hard landing. I don't. That's this is the worst economic thing in the world. I have to know. What the well, they've been having a lot of like financial. Uh, insecurities, and so maybe it's related to that, like that that whatever's happening in their economy is going to crash even harder. China experiences a hard landing, high probability, very high impact, risk intensity is a twenty out of twenty-five. Whoa. Okay. Introduction. This is we assess the prospect of a sharp economic slowdown in China as our top risk scenario. Ooh. Uh, I won't read the... Well, it's a pretty quick analysis conclusion. It's actually really good. All right. Uh, continued deterioration. This is the number one thing, according to this, that it's economic problems in the world. World threat disasters. Number one is China. Uh, continued deterioration of the country's services and manufacturing sectors, sectors and ongoing buildup of the country's debt stock, which is now equivalent to some 240% of GDP, and continued capital outflows have highlighted structural weakness in the economy and resulted in a market-driven depreciation of the renminbi's exchange rate against the U.S. dollar. The government means to revive the economic confidence are limited. limited. Its huge fiscal stimulus in 2009 led to a buildup of bad debt that is still seeking to curtail, especially in local government. And despite the People's Bank of China burning through a $180 billion of U.S. reserves in December alone, the renminbi has continued to weaken. Meanwhile, poorly managed official attempts to shore up the stock market have highlighted concerns that the government's promise to put a floor under the economic growth might not be credible, as well as showing the shallow nature of the government's commitment to allowing market forces to play a role in raising productivity. Hmm. I didn't get all of that. But in conclusion, if China's economy slows by more than we currently expect, it will further feed the ongoing global commodity price slump, especially in oil, and particularly metals, with a huge detrimental impact on those Latin American, Middle Eastern, and Sub-Saharan African states that had benefited from the earlier Chinese-driven boom in commodity prices. In addition, Given the growing dependence of Western manufacturers and retailers and demand in China and other emerging markets, a prolonged deceleration of growth uh, uh, would there would have to have a severe knock-on effect across the EU and US, far more than it would have been in the case of earlier decades. Well, that only makes sense. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I'm kind of all about economic slowdowns and less commodities and people making less fucking garbage. Absolutely. And I don't know like why China's suffering. We send them almost all of our old garbage. <laughs> you know what I mean? We like, sent them I, the Bay Bridge. We, you know, we they send us pre-garbage. Right. We use it very briefly. Right. We send it back to them as garbage. You know, I, I don't understand how that doesn't bolster. What? How can we how? not make a floor out of that? Yeah, I feel like with garbage. all those new DIY shows and stuff like that, we should be able to build a floor under the Chinese economy with our old garbage. Well, yeah, you can actually build a house out of iPhones, right? Like, I, why not? Why shouldn't you take the old, take the iPhone 4 and build a floor. Bring the and build a floor. Yeah. Under their economy. Take the, take the <laughs> iPhone 4 and actually make it into, it would be cool flooring, wouldn't it? It would. I, I Maybe some mercury their economy. Sure. I, I, I get it. Like China is a big factor, um, and th that's the thing is is these economic models kind of 
rely on constant expansion and constant growth and constant production and and it's like if we're going to actually have a sustainable future we we need to change the things that we value at a core level well and th- this was the first time that um the uh iphone sector of apple actually lost money on the uh outset of a new phone yeah. so Ever since the iPhone's been around, it has grown and gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And the iPhone 7, not a flop, but it's the only time that they lost. Well, I guess if you lose money, it's a flop. So they lost money on the iPhone 7. But, I mean, how many dead souls of Chinese babies have to be in iPhones to make the cell screen, to make the screens work? And do you have to come out with a new phone every year to, to, to like, make the Americans, what's the word I'm looking for? to assuage the American hunger? Do you have to have a new iPhone every year? Because we're like, I'm not killing enough as Heather. I usually need I, one every, every week. Every week. <laughs> <laughs> I try to get a better phone like every week or some kind of, something still, to fill that empty hole in like my life. Four, my phone is like four years old. They don't even make, I, I, I see your, I, I just looked at your phone. It doesn't even have a touch screen because I don't want to have the dead souls of Chinese babies on my, I don't want their blood on my fingers, all right? I, I <laughs> use it. Every time you swipe. I use it as lip gloss. Oh, there. (laughs) She's got the dead souls of Chinese babies as lip gloss. I squirt it out of my phone. It's an app. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Obviously. So that's the number one thing is the 20 out of 25. Number two, which is tied at 16 points. This is Russia's, Russia's interventions in Ukraine and Syria precede a new Cold War. High probability, high impact, risk intensity, 16. Introduction, Russian airstrikes in Syria and the shooting down of a Russian plane over the country by a Turkish F-16 in November, as well as its earlier backing for separatist war in Ukraine, have plunged east-west relations into their chilliest state since the end of the Cold War. Analysis. The fallout from Russia's annexation of Crimea in March 2014 has seen the EU and the U.S. impose a raft of sanctions on Russia, which have been renewed twice. Subsequently emboldened by the U.S.'s timidity and the deteriorating position of the Syrian regime of Bashar al-Assad, Russia's closest ally in the Middle East, the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, ordered his air force to intervene in the Syrian civil war in early October. Although Russia claims to have been targeting the U.S. and West's shared foe, the Jihad Islamic State, in reality, the large majority of the attacks, those attacks were against other Syrian opposition groups, including some that have supplied the U.S., albeit these have now slowed in the current cessation in the violence in Syria and the ongoing Russian military drawdown. The shooting down of the Russian military aircraft in November, ostensibly because it flew over Turkish territory, was also perhaps in response to Russia's bombing of Syrian Turkmen rebels, has ramped up intentions further, with NATO siding with Turkey over the clash. Conclusion. This bifurcation of global geopolitics could, if unchecked, seriously hinder a whole raft of shared policy goals, ranging from countering jihad terrorism to combating global warming, as well as always holding the potential for escalation, most notably in the stepped-up deployment of NATO forces to Eastern Europe, including the Balkans, as well as Russia's provocative tendency to fly its military aircraft over Russian Western European airspace raise the risk of a direct confrontation. With this in mind, Western countries will begin to reverse their defense cults of recent, their deference cuts, their defense cuts of recent years, complicating efforts to rein in high fiscal deficits and continued uptick in tensions could also see a return 
with a political risk premium in oil prices. Ugh. Ugh. That's terrible when it's like, everything's stressful, so we're just going to raise the price of gas. Yeah, well, it seems artificially low right now, you it know, because we're, we're kind of heading towards this, you know, peak oil story, and it, it's it it just is kind of lulling the people back into their complacency of using fossil fuels, you know, and and of course, yeah. you know, um, fracking, you know, exists. <laughs> fracking, you know, they're they're lighting more and more rivers on fire, which I guess is a good way to get the gas Crazy. out of the water. Is that the only way to get it out? Is to just kind of burn it out? I you don't know, understand fracking. I I I understand that it's a word that they used in a book instead of saying fucking. But <laughs> well, other it's kind than of like that. fucking because once you frack, you know how you can't yeah. unfuck somebody? Yeah, you, like yeah, if you yeah. accidentally get, you know, an, a, you know, deadly STD like AIDS and you're like, oh, I wish I could unfuck them, you cannot. You cannot. You're, you're dead. Yeah, you have the AIDS. Fracking is like that in that it's separate, you know, it, you have earth, which, you know, and, and the crust and, and then like the rocks and shit. Right. And they separate things like water aquifers, which are delicious, and gas deposits, which are you know, useful in burning stuff. Sure. And so when they do fracking, what they do is they, they basically drill down and they flush all this like sand and liquid and stuff down in and they fracture the earth and they send it all down in there in order to force the gas, which is lighter, to come to the top so we can harvest it. But it's very dangerous and what happens is huh. what happens is it splits the, um, the the rock membranes and stuff that are separating things like aquifers from the gas deposits. Oh. And so once you frack something, you can't unfrack it. So your river has oil in it. Now, so now your, your water has, your has water. methane or oil in it. Right. And so it's like you can't once you frack something, you can't unfrack. So it. when you you can you can light it on fire from the. I've heard about the lighting on fire, and I'm like, what the. Yeah. Fuck? So it's basically when the when the, um, the when frack? the integrity of the rock separating a water source from a gas deposit or oil deposit gets gets separate, you know, gets broken, and then there's like mixture in between. Oil and water don't mix. Ah, this is in true. In that way, and so so yeah. Yeah, so there's more and more stuff burning. I have another bad thing that happened in April. Yeah, what happened? What was bad? Um, the coral reef, they, they determined that the um, Great Barrier Reef down in Australia, um, parts of it are 93% bleached, which means that because of hot water in the ocean, because of the warming currents, um, basically what's happening is, um, so corals made up of little tiny guys, and they live inside the coral, they're really little, and uh, they hang out in there, and then... When it, if it gets too warm, they kind of abandon their little nest and they, they, they go somewhere else because they're looking for food. And so um, if they don't come back, the reef will die. And so the, the, the reef's not necessarily dead, but it's uh, in some spots it's 93% bleached. And that's Whoa. even in places that um, that they thought were more um, secure, like that are away from development and that you know don't see as much traffic. Wow. So so that's that's the or coral reef down, the big Great Barrier Reef. So um, And then so then the wow. news came out that they discovered a new coral reef by the Amazon. It's probably they're like, hey, this one's yeah, this go, one's almost finished, but we, we found a new one. So found, yeah, so go destroy that one. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of sad. That's, April news. That's terrible. So this is the Donald Trump. This is okay, the global risk. Donald Trump wins the presidential election. Moderate probability, high impact, risk intensity at twelve. Okay. Introduction. The businessman and political novice Donald Trump was built a strong lead in the Republican Party party primary and it looks to be the firm favorite to be the party's candidate in the u.s presidential election in november i can't believe that's true but Ugh. analysis thus far mr trump has given very few details of his policies these tend to be prone to constant revision but a few things have become apparent first he has been exceptionally hostile towards free trade 
includable, including notably NAFTA, and has repeatedly labeled China as a currency manipulator. He has also taken an exceptionally right-wing stance on the Middle East and jihad terrorism, including, among other things, advocating the killing of families of terrorists and launching a land incursion into Syria to wipe out IS. Uh, ISIS, is that what, or IS, what is IS? The Islamic State. Islamic State, and require its oil, and acquire its oil. In the event of a Trump victory, his hostile attitude to free trade and alienation of Mexico and China in particular could escalate rapidly into a trade war and at least scupper, that's a fun word, scupper, the Trans-Pacific Partnership between the U.S. and 11 other American and Asian states signed in February 2016. His militaristic tendencies toward the Middle East and a ban on all Muslim travel to the U.S. would be a potent recruitment tool for jihad groups, increasing their threat both within the region and beyond. Conclusion. Although we do not expect Mr. Trump to defeat his most likely Democratic contender Hillary Clinton, there are risks to this forecast, especially in the event of a terrorist attack on U.S. soil or a sudden economic turndown. It is worth noting that the innate hostility within the Republican hierarchy toward Mr. Trump, combined with the inevitable virulent Democratic opposition, will see many of his more radical policies blocked in Congress, albeit such internal bickering will also undermine the coherence of domestic and foreign policymaking. Uh, we are joined by Trina Roderick of The Immutables. Uh, we were just talking about uh, The Economist put out a list of terrible things in the world. And uh, right in the middle is uh, Donald Trump wins the U.S. presidential election. They're saying terrible things would be uh, China's, uh, like the number one thing is that China's economy could completely collapse. Uh, and <laughs> that's at 20 points out of a 25 scale. And at 12 points out of a 25 scale is Donald Trump wins the election. Uh, this is, we'll say this is a number four. Or here we go. Here's a, This is a number eight. The U.K. votes to leave the EU. That's less of an economic threat and less of a global threat than Donald Trump becoming president. That's hilarious to me. Uh, it's really scary, though. I mean, it's we so scary. are a world superpower, and I think we're we could easily lose our spot. And he is a reality TV star. We okay, world superpower run by a reality TV star. This isn't like no one's getting like is some is has he sold his soul to the devil? Is is this a, are, are we on a reality TV show right now? Are they filming it and they're going to be like, "Ha, ah, it was yes. just a joke." They're going to lift the veil, they're going to lift the veil and be like, "America was stupid all along. This is a BBC reality show that we totally cast." <laughs> well, it's it's just such a clusterfuck, which is usually is it just seems like it's our election clusterfuck on steroids this time, right? Right. I, I don't know. The, the skeptic in me, the strategist in me, like if I was a Republican strategist, I would be figuring out a way to have a candidate ready to go in the event that Trump pulls out or for some reason Trump doesn't actually run, right? Like, it would be fucking brilliant if he stepped down at the last minute. And said, I don't know anything. Yeah, because then their Republican candidate would have missed this whole circus wouldn't have had to have gone through any of this bullshit, right? Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, who knows? I don't really know what's going on, but I, I, I can see a scenario in which that happens and that we're all just sort of 
forced to then vote in the Republican candidate because they're up against Hillary, and Hillary's going to lose against any decent candidate. That's why we need Bernie. And that's, that's, he's the only pe- person that the humans actually care about. The media gives him no attention. He's drawing huge crowds everywhere. Well, it's just that it, we have to, it has to be, the electoral college really fucks everything up. Well, well it should be one corruption. person, one person, one vote. Because the thing is, I'm a registered Green Party member. I'm not going to switch back to Democrat just to vote for, but I'm, I mean, I always vote for, for Nader, but I, I'm going to vote for Bernie. I guess it doesn't matter your party affiliation once t- once the big election comes around. Right. It's it's only right. the primaries where they then can you blue block dog it. You. Sorry. Blue dog it. What does that mean? Well, like a blue dog Republican or blue blue dog Democrat. I think it is. It means if if they were running a blue dog, you would still vote for the blue dog. Oh. Ah. Right. So you'll you'll whatever candidate they that your party puts up, you'll vote for. Oh. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not that way. I. I'm never. I mean. I. Even when I was registered a Democrat, I still voted for Nader. Like, I didn't... He was Green Party. I, I mean, yeah. the, the thing is, this is all... It's just... It's, it's a tremendous joke uh, and that, that people right. have been fooled and would actually vote for Trump and think that he has any idea what's happening at all in the world. Right. That part's at all? scary. I have to say, the only thing I agreed with when they... When they uh, we're talking about Trump is that I'm also not a huge advocate for free trade agreements. Like I was definitely against the TPT and, um, you know, and, and that he, he believes that China is a currency manipulator. Like I can agree with him on that from a foreign policy, you know, perspective, as well as that I, I don't believe in, in all these free trade agreements that, you know, basically, you know, fuck over foreign workers and screw our right. American workers. So, I mean, from, from that standpoint, you know, but but from his like other just crazy like mouth words that are constantly like spewing forward, you know, like I absolutely don't understand how you know he's even puts his pants on in the morning. Right. He seems like such an idiot. You know, when you said Trump pull out, I'm like, ah, if only his father would have done the same. Right. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's entitled people with money that I I just think if we all had less, like maybe we don't need to have all our manufacturing China. Why don't we just have our manufacturing here and have it be local? And make Why, less things. Make less things. Reuse things. Nope. Like, I just made, I mean, not to toot my own horn or anything, but um, my boyfriend Jonathan went through his clothes and he's like, ugh, I never wear any of these t-shirts, but I don't want to get rid of them. What do I do with them? And I'm like, give them to me. I'll make a quilt out of them really quickly. And so, like, I sat and instead of just watching Netflix and just laying there and smoking pot, I, I made, I sewed together, I, you know, cut out the fronts and backs of all his t-shirts mm-hmm. and I sewed them into a, a quilt. Yeah. And then I made it, I'm backing it with an old sheet that fell apart. And then I made him a quilt. And there you go. It's cool. He's going to love it forever because he's like, oh, my t-shirts from my school yeah. that the pit stains were all gross. But no one knows how to sew. And who's going right. to sit and do no that? No one knows how to it's sew. It's really, really easy. <laughs> who's going to? I mean, right. I don't know. It's just, it seems silly that we, how much fabric we throw away and how many new yeah. dresses we buy and how many how many clothes already exist. And yet, right. I just took the big... I missed, I was with the baby yesterday and I missed the bus and it was like 27 minutes till the next 27. And I was like, fuck, I'm not going to stand here outside with the baby. I'm just going to, there's the mall. I'm just going to walk into the air conditioned mall with the baby. We're going to walk around. We're going to look at things. And it isn't, I don't ever go in the mall. It is insane how much stuff there is for sale and how expensive it is. It's all couture in there. There's like Michael Kors Mm -hmm. and there's. Like just all these brands that I I don't even know what they mean, but it's so expensive, and I I I just can't even imagine who who is buying it and why they're buying it, mm-hmm. 
And what is it? And why? And how, why? Could, how could anybody, like, how can you justify spending $1,000 on a sweater? You know? Well, okay. Or like, I, for me, the secret to being a fashionista is buying the vast majority of my clothes at thrift stores. Right. The vast, vast majority. And then buying one or two really nice pieces, some nice purses, so that it doesn't ever really look like... You know, you buy most of your clothes at thrift stores. Not that there's anything right. wrong with that, but I also partially feel like you can't really be a fashionista unless you can really solidly repurpose vintage clothes Absolutely. as well. Yeah. And I, but I also think the millennials are pretty good with this. Don't you think? I mean, they seem to be pretty earth conscious. Some of them do. I, I would say a lot of them are still pretty checked out and like staring at their phones and, and buying wine online. I, I would say that, <laughs> for, for, right, for the last like many years I've had a theory that we should have a moratorium on new clothing production until we distribute except for socks and underwear and baby clothes until we just distribute all the clothes that already exist because I mean like where do the ugly clothes go to die you know and like why do we have so many of them it's like you know and, and I'm sorry you know fashion but but like the magazine waste oh you know, that's yeah created just and by, you like, can't even recycle industry. can you recycle there's certain magazines you can't recycle because there's too much glossy on their pages yeah, or something right it just seems and like so, you can't so even much recycle garbage them. that's also right. selling every Everybody, the message that you're not already okay. Who yeah. you, you know yeah, what I mean? You're not good enough. You're not good enough mm-hmm. without this. You might be really ugly, but if you had this purse, you could get some D. Well, okay, but I mean, I, to a certain extent, I also am concerned that that puts the cart before the horse. Is it our own insecurities that they're just naturally tapping into, or is it right? You like, can't I, sell hair dye to people with self-esteem. You just can't do it. I don't know. Of course I just you bought can. some. Are you I kidding? You have any some. idea how much I pay for my hair? <laughs> I just bought some. Yeah. I don't. Die. I just. She I just say that for like, my. <laughs> how much? I don't want to admit how much I spend you on my hair. That's just that's just me standing on top of my soapbox of of gray hair, going like, <laughs> I will not spend money on hair dye. She has a boyfriend. No, no, I haven't. <laughs> no, I haven't spent. I haven't. My hair is all. I haven't dyed my hair in like. Okay, I remember the last time I dyed it. I had a friend named Chris Springer. My friend was a hairstylist, and she used to trade me weed for hair. And so at, at that time, and when Dev, I had a friend, Devin Brawley, and he was amazing, and he would trade all kinds of things for hair. And that was, those were the days when I would get it quaffed and styled and whatever. So the last time I got it done by Chris Springer, and she did a great job, and she cut it really short and very cute, and she dyed it red, was like in 2008. I dyed my hair two days ago. Okay. <laughs> 2008. What is it now? So that's eight years ago for me. Yeah, that's a long time. So my hair is all like, it's it's all the real deal. But Keep it that way, but it's beautiful. It's great. There's no reason for you to change it. Thanks. But I could, I mean, I could always do the, I understand. Like putting but yourself you together, could, but you're not going to just, you're not going to get sucked into an ad just because they right. make you feel exactly. insecure. Right, like right. you bring to the table something that the, the, the advertising is tapping into. I mean, it's not all them enforcing us to feel insecure about ourselves. Well, I think that they got me when I was a kid, you know, and and then I, I, At, I right when your natural it. insecurities are raging. Right, right, right. I will say one thing about the chemical industry and preying on insecurities is that there is a forty billion dollar a year industry selling skin lightening creams Ooh. in Asia and Africa and stuff. Ooh. And it's the same companies that are selling self-tanners <laughs> to the people here. You know what I mean? And so just if you look at the very most basic message wow. is we're telling the humans on the planet that the amount of melanin their body naturally creates 
is wrong. Well, well okay. you use that use that skin lightening on your pussy lips because they yeah. get dark and purple with age, it's and you got to keep it young and pink when you shave off all that hair because you don't want to look like, you know, an adult or a disgusting person that might have I don't know been on the planet, you know, a little while and might have some knowledge or just. But you really need those uh, pussy lips to be pink. Uh, and not, you know, even if you're, you know, someone who has a lot of natural melanin, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> I want to. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy though. Well, come I mean, on though. I mean, melanin has been an issue among humans long before sure. those chemicals were even invented. Right. I mean, That's centuries before, exactly. But they didn't impose that standard no, on just people. Profiting. People, exactly. And making garbage in the but, process. But we have to. I mean, I just, I can, I, I, I want us to understand the extent to which we bring this to the table because if we keep blaming the companies and it's not really, they're not really the source of the problem, then we're not going to fix it. It's not, I don't, wouldn't say that they're the source, but when you're using advertising, like the television to sell, you know, you know, it's a closed loop system, right. you know what I mean? That's creating a demand, you know, and, you know, fulfilling that demand. You know, so well, it's how like, are they creating a demand? By showing commercials to people. So, so, so how do they? Wait a second. Lived, wait a second. How do you find? How do I, as a company who sells a skin lightening product, find a customer who already wants to? So, what are they supposed well, to put? You, like they're just capitalizing. Hey, they're, unless you already think your skin should be lighter, don't buy this. I mean, well, they're just capitalizing on the insecurities. So, so take a country. Well, like there is India. a demand. They're not creating a demand. They're they're supplying. But we've already but, created the demand. The problem is right. We've, we've but created. Exactly. I, I believe that they also create the demand by 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 showing the product to many different right. people. So how would they not create a demand? That's what I'm asking you. How would they create an advertising scheme in which they don't actually create a demand, but they appeal to the customers who already believe this? That's how would a they good do that? Question. Well, I just I just think that a lot of advertising exists to to create demand. It's to to make people think that they need things that they don't need. For example, that's exactly what advertising is. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I mean, that's what it, yeah, it's creating it's more than that. No, I mean, I'll ask the answer the question. So why, how would you carve out an advertising scheme that doesn't create a demand? Let's say I want to be a socially conscious skin lightening cream company. How do I? I would, I would start with kids that are people that had like weird birthmarks or like um, vitiligo, like things that would be like, or um, super, like super freckles or like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to sell it to like, hey, you're black, like black, black, and you want to be white, put this on your skin, but more like. Uh, there isn't. I'm looking for a consistency in my skin. Well, how do you find the customers though that this product would appeal to then? I, I don't know. You got dermatologists. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand advertising. But I do understand well, that when I, I watch TV, sometimes it makes me feel like a bad person because everybody's skinny and everybody has perfect teeth, and you know everyone's right. got the good boobs, and every you know there's there's. Okay, that's media, not advertising. Let's, right. Right. Okay. Well, so Which, but advertising and media aren't the same. Well, I mean, I, I think the two are slightly different because they have diff they're dealing with different constraints. So, like, regular media is dealing with storytelling and entertainment. They're I still mean, selling stuff, though, because People Magazine is selling the stars, which sell the movies, which sell that. So there's, it's all, I feel like it's right. all sales, even media. I don't disagree with that, but the sales in a, they're constructing something different for the purpose of a sale, and the, they're not—they're constructing entertainment to bring you as a viewer to watch it, and then they're 
they're selling the product itself, the show, to the advertisers, and the advertisers sell, are technically selling. So that's different than having a show itself that actually advertises the product, which they can do. Yeah, they right. can do yeah. product placement, all that kind of stuff. And they're all owned. If you look at something like Viacom, you know, uh -huh. who owns the majority, they own the companies that sell the products, right? And they own yeah. the media channels. Mm -hmm. So, so do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so I don't see where the separation is there. I yeah. see. So, it's hard so for me to so see the separation. So if Viacom, Viacom owns Pepsi. No, I, I understand so, all that. So, that, you know what I mean? So, I, I mean, yeah, it's like there's kind of a separation between advertising. I guess my point is this, like capitalizing on humans' insecurities and consistently bombarding them with products that um, reinforce those insecurities. Right. For example, like a skin lightening cream. Okay. You know, like to me, it's um, it's just like terrible, you know. So I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I, yeah. I'm not disagreeing sure, sure. with I think, you. So I, think it's I, I want to so, know yeah, how I, I, I they don't would know. not do that. I don't know. I think that they... You know, they're, they're capitalizing on demand that might be there from some people, you know, that, that might want that. But they're also creating that mentality in young viewers, like, say, children who watch. You know, there, there's been some backlash in India on some of the commercials that, But that's like, just how advertising works. I mean, okay, you, so you're going um, What specifically are they doing more? You're, you're, it's so generic what you're saying. It's not specific. I'm, I'm just specifically. I, I don't know specifically. I'm, I'm saying in general because, you know, that it's such a blanket process of, of the media that even if people didn't have an insecurity about their skin color, okay. by watching, you know, advertising that's telling them that their skin sh could be lighter, that they're creating a demand for lighter skin. I see. I agree with this. Like, it's like when you get an eating disorder because, or you see you're you're a psychotic high schooler because every single image that you see in magazines and TV and everything is of these perfect little tiny people. Okay, but that's different from one specific company. So, how many ads do you think for uh, skin lightening product do you think I would have to see in order for that to? Um, I, I that would have to be like some kind of research that we would have to. Well, I, I guess undertake. I just I don't understand how somebody seeing like a handful of ads for screens you know I, I have more faith in people than I feel like you do I guess you know I'm, I'm talking a lot I, about I like the Indian people because there's such a stigma in their culture about right? about skin shade you know what I mean that really it really is a huge like it, it's intrinsic in the culture it's like a caste you know, system right. it, it, yeah space, you know right. so so I guess I don't know, like, how many ads somebody might see before they were like, oh, you know what? My skin is really dark, or my vagina lips are slightly darker but than my hands. Wouldn't they be <laughs> far more influenced by the people around them who maintain those beliefs than some, than six or even a hundred television ads? I don't know, because if your mom's buying that product... I don't right, know. you'd I, be more influenced by your mother, whose opinion is that her skin should be lighter than you ever would by a company. See, I, I, I think the TV programming. People. I think the TV and the but magazines how? program. Just because the images. So the images, if they ever portray anything um, to appeal to the person who already has that predisposition disposition and they are sort of it's like you're there what you're basically saying to me is that they're casting too wide a net and it's catching in some of the other people right so the advertising goes out to everybody and is catching both the people who already believe that and is somehow influencing the people I think who it don't definitely is I think it, but it I think people are way more smart so. way smarter than that I, see, I, I disagree judging by how many people drink shit like diet coke I don't think that the people are and the children no, now no, 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 no. the I'm children saying, now on the iPhone though 
out with the iPhone in front of them. They're constantly on the Facebook and all of those ads on the side, whether they're recognizing it or not, it's influencing them and it's shaping them. And they spend so much screen time. It's nothing compared to the way people, individuals influence. And that's the problem with this theory. I I don't think it takes away everything from the way people around you behave and influence your behavior and puts it all on media. It's putting it all. Okay. So next time, next time you go on the bus, you count how many people are actually interacting and aren't on their phones. When you go on the bus, how many people are I'm not saying they don't interact. I'm saying what you think of me is going to make a big difference in comparison to what some advertising company No, thinks. see, I disagree. I think that what people see in the images on their cell phone and on their iPhone and on the TV and on the, the constant, on the side of the bus and wherever My they go. Is, which is more influential? Uh, the person sitting next to them? If, if I, a person, so you're on your phone on the bus, I'm sitting next to you and I do something, me personally, to indicate to you in some way that there's, I have some disapproval or I somehow uh, don't like your skin color, that's going to, that's going to be huge compared to see, that, I disagree because right? I don't think people interact anymore. Everyone so has their headphones I, on. They don't see anything I else see except their screen. I see your point, you know, in, in that it, the societal structure and constructs that we've created with things like racism, you right. know, that, you know, have existed over a long period of time that, that, that existed previously to the ability for humans to take a cream and lighten their skin. No, no, no. I'm saying the, which is more influential, seeing one ad or me actually but people discriminating don't against one, you yeah, to sure, your but face. People don't see one ad. A kid that okay, watches. I, I you get know, that. Okay, that however many ads. Many, 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 many. Okay, so how many ads would it take for it to be more influential than me actually in it your face discriminating against you? How much time you? people spend interacting with right. humans so versus how many? interacting with screens that's totally a random i know but i, I just think it's, it's impossible to quantify see, I, exactly. I just don't think that i don't i think that human to human interaction is completely devalued now we've we've worked in ways to remove that from our societal construct you can be on your phone with your headphones on all day you can get to there even if you're not in your car by yourself let's say you do take public transportation but you you confine yourself in your own tiny world mm-hmm. where the images are bombarding you. Then you get to your office where you get in your little cubicle where you're pretending to be at work, but then you're also watching your Facebook on the side with all of the things. And maybe you're watching some YouTubes and you're doing some other stuff. I think it's really easy to go through an entire day, 24 hours with not interacting with any other human person at all. Now you can, you can get on your iPhone and you can press a pizza emoji and you can have a Domino's pizza delivered to your door. You can Grubhub and have it there. You don't even all you, you, you already paid for it. Yeah. You just take, you the, bag. take the bag. Like, I mean, if the person like <laughs> came with the Grubhub order and they're like, you Jew fag and gave it to me, I'd be like, I am so happy I have my food. What was that about? What's the Jew fag comment about? I'm not a fag or what? I mean, I wouldn't even know. I was trying to think of like a slur that someone would say to me at the door. I just think that the basic thing is what I was trying to say is that these companies are capitalizing off of the same, the same company right. is selling you know, you or I potentially like skin darkening cream, self tanners, uh-huh. you know, okay. and in the, me- you know, and in the meantime, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I guess, you know, I, I rant about the chemical industry's mm-hmm. control over our planet, you know, so, right. so I'm just, and the garbage making and the low self-esteem that's right. reinforcing. Right. Well, as I well as I potentially f- selling. Right. I feel like these theories are very, very dangerous because they're, they're taking the responsibility away from people as individuals and putting it on companies. We already did that but in the 2000. Individuals are complicit with what they spend their money on. Yeah. Right. And they're, so right. So right. And that's 
that's the that's the problem with these theories. They're, we're putting the responsibility on the companies when the responsibility but really lies with the individual. We've been removing responsibility from the individual since 2001 with No Child Left Behind. There's no more learning. There's no yep, more critical thought. Exactly. There's no more reading None. books. Everything is given and to you, and it's all multiple choice. But it's, I mean, mm. I just think we've changed the culture, and... And now it's we're sitting here going, well, what do we do now? Like, right. but there are still We've got some no people. Pedagogy for sure. There are still some people that believe in critical thought and can have conversations and can read books. Oh my god! Right. But now we're dealing with the other side of it is. We've got a whole group of people that have been built on images that have been given to them by these little, mm-hmm. these little devices, these little computers in their hand, and it's almost like having like you know a, a plug straight into your head but they're like haha now they advertise me we've really got them now because it's all in their hand all the time we've got access it used to be that you had to pick up a newspaper right right or you had to turn on a tv but your phone is like your watch well, no, and your TV alarm is media so going rolling it back to pre-televised media right when you really did just newspaper or book those people were crazy crazy racist that's true too yeah insanely sure. racist because they had no exposure to the outside world and right. only knew of themselves right it's a weird i mean it's a when was the golden age was it like the i mean well we every, still, every everybody's got a golden age mm-hmm. i mean when was the age when we were like but there was like, enough technology was it like it was clinton years wasn't it no, he no. was a racist no, too. It's no, just, no, it's no, just, no, that's just life. It's just rolling forward, and we're just trying to figure it out as we go. That's what's hard about it. It's, a, it looks so obvious in hindsight. Right. Well, I think it's terrible that we're, we're putting computers in everybody's hands, and then going like, what? You're, of course, you're not influenced by media. When like you're constantly carrying the media around with you everywhere you go. No, no, no I'm not mm-hmm. saying you're not influenced by it. I'm saying you're more influenced by people depending on how much interaction you have with live people during your days obviously you know and if you don't have any action with people you can't be but some kids are having just like if i don't have any interaction with the media i can't be influenced some kids are having even very very little interaction now because even in schools they all get an ipad yeah you know and so you know it's like oh yeah these millennials are going to have a really hard time interacting with people it's going to be interesting they're all going to be autistic oh yeah so here's the thing there's this new there's this new um like it's they're trying to figure out mentally if they're calling it a disease or what they want to do with it but in Japan there are 18 to like 27 year old guys there's 2 million of them who haven't left the house in over a year they work from home some of them live with their parents they never leave it's in Japan and it's this new problem with like their total shut-ins they're like emotionally right they can't do in Japan, know, they, in Japan there's also the same age range of girls don't want any sexual contact whatsoever well, these guys are only getting sexual contact with themselves right. or the new, have you heard about the new sex robots? You put the, yeah. the girl puts, that was ridiculous. the girl puts the dildo inside of her and the boy puts this weird vaginal cap on him and then, and then they can be in faraway places, but it's like they're having sex with each other, but it's over the internet. So, Safe sex. So it raises the question in America, if you're married and you meet somebody online and you use the sex toys with them. And you have robot them, sex, are you cheating? Are you cheating? Yes. But I, I mean, but the thing is these people there's over 2 million dudes living in Japan who haven't left their house in a year. That's crazy. Everything's delivered to them. They live with their mom. They're taken care of. They live, they work at home. They eat at home. They watch their porn at home. They do their video games. You know, they do their lineage you know, or their why don't whatever. Why do they leave the house at all? 
Because they don't have to and because they don't want to. But why don't they want to? That's what I'm curious. Because the world is a scary place for people to actually interact in and they don't want to interact with people because it's so difficult. I mean, that's crazy. Well, I mean, well, everybody, when I was young, we had kids that were a little weird and now everybody's autistic. Like, and I'm like, oh, okay. Is it that everyone, people were autistic before we just didn't have a diagnosis for, we didn't know, or are we doing something as a culture to further the inability? Mm Because autism is like having trouble relating with other people and having been maintaining relationships. That's like what autism is. Well, there's a lot of different things that it is. Sensory, you know, sensory those kids overload. are having a lot of those like sensory overload, which, but you gotta I mean like how many weird, more sensory things? Like why wouldn't people have sensory overload when they go into a mall? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Or, or you know what Absolutely. I mean? Like yeah. a school with, you know what I mean? Tons mm. of other kids or, you know, mm. I mean like, cars you know like maybe these are just humans from like an older time ago where they just like had a cart and like they were just inventing the wheel and then they came back and they were like what the fuck am i getting into well i've seen my consciousness can't deal at this level i was on the bus yesterday and there was a six-year-old playing a game on a boop 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 and it's playing a song and i like look at the parent and gave him the stink eye like you can't turn the fucking thing on silent i gotta listen to your kid's fucking stupid fucking game and you can't sit next to your kid and interact with them and point out the window and talk about things you've got to have them be entertained on this bus and ruin everybody else's time like i would much rather the two kids in back that were like they were sisters or whatever, and they were sort of being a little bit loud, but they were interacting with each other. And I'm like, yeah. oh, it's cute. They're laughing and they're children. But the ones where it's like they're staring at the thing and it's like, boop, 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 I'm like, why are you letting this happen? And if I let that, I mean, what what do I do? Say, can you can you turn that thing on silent? Can can you not like can you interact with any awareness of the other people on the on the bus? Well, I wonder what we're doing. I mean, we're getting into really big societal issues here, but. April sucks. Because April sucks. Well, and I'm really scared of Trump. I am uh, too. We should all be really scared. This is the... So let me finish this article about why he's the in the middle. He's, he's a huge global worldwide threat right now. <laughs> so uh, the group rates both Trump and the threat of jihad terrorism as moderate probability high impact event events but the short to the point trump assessment notes that it's difficult to predict exactly what the gop front runner would do if elected since he rarely goes into detail when it comes to policy and when he does those specifics tend to differ from one day to the next and sometimes he says let's kill people <laughs> like anyways, that's that's my commentary not this uh, article uh, still the eiu experts believe that the combination of his anti-trade rhetoric and the general hostility toward mexico and china could escalate rapidly into a trade war oh and there's also the not so insignificant matter of his exceptionally right-wing positions on the middle east and terrorism which range from his proposal to ban muslims from entering the united states to specifically targeting families of terrorists his militaristic tendencies toward the middle east the group writes would be a potent recruitment tool for jihad groups increasing their threat in both the region and beyond Uh, the major reason that the trump administration isn't higher on the list the firm believes that hillary clinton would likely defeat him in november and even if he somehow did win the white house say in the event of a domestic terrorist attack in the days before the election washington gridlock would prevent him from following through on many of his more dangerous campaign promises hooray gridlock yeah right <laughs> um and then they show a thing of the the trump rally when uh someone gets beat up mm. did you see that it was awful yeah. Yeah. it was terrible 
I don't know. I heard I heard about like one particular thing where a dude got punched and then the and then Trump was like, I'll pay his legal bills. He doesn't talk like that, but um in my mind he does. <laughs> um but yeah, he does say things like, I punch him in the face and um, you know, like all kinds of terrible things. He's words. He just like he's, yeah, he just like vomits just words. out words just that words. he doesn't even really he's just he's like really a narcissistic he has like narcissistic personality disorder, most likely. Well, I, I'm, I'm loving the fact that the Republicans are bringing up Reagan because I think the Democrats should too. I mean, Reagan is responsible for trickle-down economics. Reagan is the reason we have only one percent of this country with, however, whatever the percentage of ninety-nine percent of the wealth. That that is directly the result of tr- Reagan's trickle-down economics. So why are? I mean, I don't watch this, but are the Democrats attacking Reagan at all for this? Or are they letting Reagan seem like? Um, no, he's a he's an old he's a prince of the hierarchy. No, well, it depends on on which person you're talking about, because of course Bernie Sanders is always talking about you know what's going on in in the reality like economically and 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 you know how to stop sending all of our jobs away and and to try to build infrastructure here you know so i mean some of the democrats are but like are the people listening or 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 not is the question is like people just keep going back to hillary 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 because the establishment doesn't want someone who wants to stir things up the way that that Bernie does. Bernie right. is a self-proclaimed socialist. He's right. a democratic socialist, which is different than like a Marxist socialist. So but I think- he's right. using the word socialism, and that scares the fuck out That's of like because- every Republican. They're like, no, they're coming for our money. They're coming for our money. They're going to take our money, Amy. Well, that, yeah, they, the they, socialists are going to take our money and give it to their too. poor people. Socialism. But the, the, rea- the reality, the rea- no, but the reality, socialism sucks. If we, well, it depends on what kind of socialism. If you're talking about democratic socialism, like that countries like Denmark and Sweden have, no, where people pay mm-hmm. high taxes, but there's there's services. What, what he's talking about is health care for all the people, you know, which I think that we deserve as a as a yeah. world leading country. Health care for everyone, right. that's affordable. We need a middle class again. Right. That's basically yeah. what and needs that's, to happen. That's also we need what a middle he class talks again. about yeah. and and I, I just like him because he's been consistent. You know, he's not he's he's actually like been active in the things that he you know has his values built around for his whole life. And and reality with Bernie's like tax plans, only if you make more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year would your taxes go up. Which I don't think that applies to me personally. Doesn't apply to me at all. I love it. Tax the rich. There's no reason for them and, to have that much. And two I hate it when people 000. have so much. I live on like less than twenty thousand dollars a year and i'm i feel pretty good about it i feel like my life isn't i'm not like i'm not eating dirt i mean i can't afford toothpaste but you know you can get uh baking soda with food stamps no big deal but and and i'm on the bottom of the extreme but we we should be able to not have these super haves and then these total have-nots no well i don't have as much as you want just don't have it at the expense of other people don't take it away so like I love the um, um, what's his name Nick Offerman says like it's way better to have you know be be with a group of eight people each with a beer than to have one guy with eight beers right absolutely so I feel like you know order as many beers as you want from the bartender but don't get another beer by taking one from somebody else right sure I like this analogy 
So, but that's what they're doing when they hide their tax money offshore. Absolutely. Well, you know. no, 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 no. So if we have a minimum wage that is not a living wage, that's the functional equivalent of slavery. Sure. That's the, that is taking another beer from someone. So McDonald's is my favorite example because the company couldn't profit to the tune of $20 billion a year if they didn't take that from their employees sure. in the form of their, you know, living wage. They're stealing the living wage from their employees to make that profit yeah that sucks not to mention destroying the environment and in the killing people with their horrible you know and killing people processes. with their food killing people with their food because I'm only not that against afford- people dying <laughs> I gotta I'm not gonna lie to you guys I Let feel like the humans people. are the most destructive that's the poor on the planet not the, I don't want the poor people to die I, I don't want anyone to like overly die but I, I'm not like when everybody's like these people died I'm like yeah the earth comes and we so come why here do we, we need affordable health care then well, yeah good point so she can get stitches she shouldn't die from a cut well we also shouldn't pump you know what I mean? Like, you know, millions of dollars, you know, to keep people alive for maybe like two more weeks, you know, on a respirator. And, you know, I mean, we, we, we should have better. Right. I mean, so many, there's so many. Well, that's like, why such healthcare needs to be affordable. Healthcare does need Absolutely. to be affordable. And, and the food industry and the pharmaceutical industry and the insurance industry, you know, I mean, we have a media medical it's a military and it's a industrial complex, it's a you know. Yeah, the, you know. So like right. the, the agricultural system is a Prison disease, industrial. a disease creation industry, yeah. and the healthcare pharmaceutical right. industry is a disease management industry. So we're not we're, we're talking about health management. Healthcare comes from people being educated, you know, understanding anatomy when you're in, in high school and grade school. So understanding nutrition and understanding how the food that you eat builds right. your body. So I mean, like we get down to basics. We teach the people anatomy. When I went into massage school. I studied anatomy and I was like, you know, I had taken anatomy in high school, but mm-hmm. I was like, wow, what about the people who never understand how their body works? Oh, how absolutely. How easy is it for them to just eat garbage and get sick right. and be part of, the pro- part of the process? Well, we need to completely overhaul education. I think that's absolutely. really where all of this starts. Absolutely. If, if I think students need to graduate high school knowing how to uh, write a five paragraph essay. Yeah. Try a case. I think we should have a legal sure. system in every high school. That's how they should resolve resp- disputes. Then they would know. They would graduate high school knowing exactly how to, to try a case, and people wouldn't be so you know, like afraid of our own legal system. Right. Um, they should know more about it. Like, they should know how to balance a, a checking account yeah. or balance a budget sure. and manage a checking account. Like, Absolutely. We don't graduate students with any real Life skills. skills. Yeah. No, not no, these days, no. But again, but when they you can all build an app. Education, <laughs> you know, like... You know, again, like some of the democratic socialist countries have good educational systems because they put their money into education. I mean, where is all our money going? The military budget. Well, we wouldn't want to give any education because it would be going to those poor people, and we only want the rich people to be educated. Hey, the poor people can pull themselves up by their bootstraps, I know. Sure they can. Uh, So let's talk about something fun. Okay. These were... um, these are some of the, these are the worst things for sale in April of 2016. <laughs> nice. The first one is a t-shirt that says made in 2011. <laughs> Five years of being awesome. Curiously, this t-shirt is only available in men's adult sizes. Weird. Made in 2011. Five years of being awesome. That's pretty dumb. This is my favorite one. I'm so glad they put this on here. Worst things to buy in April. The 2000 watt skateboard. 
if you heard my rants on these. Priced at a hair under $1,500, the boosted electric skateboard enables rich child and rich adult alike to zoom down the street like a fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen people on these and I... uh, Learn how to skate for real, you poser. Seems like it would be just as easy to fall off one of those. It would hurt so. And when, right? I, when I see people without, they've got a break. Oh. So they've got a, a toggle and a break. Yeah. And, uh, but, balance. And, and I don't see people with helmets all the time. And I'm like, you guys are dumb. And I saw a fat guy on one. And I'm like, learn how to skate for real, you fat fuck. God bless him. Um, the Bluetooth padlock. The maybe man- he will. Maybe it's like a training. You know what I mean? Like oh maybe no! If they're gonna spend fifteen hundred dollars on a skateboard, they've never skateboarded before. They're like, ooh, now I can be a skateboarder. It's like most people take years to learn how to do that. I'm hiding my skateboard under the table. <laughs> <laughs> the manufacturers of Noke, the padlock you unlock with your phone via Bluetooth, brag that you'll save yourself from the hassle of keys by using your phone to unlock their seventy dollar padlock. Then they sell you a separate $25 remote, which you attach to your keychain to allow you to unlock without your phone. The battery inside is estimated to last a year, which is handy if you're planning to use it, using it over a longer period of time. Of course, it could stop working sooner if the app fails due to an OS update on your phone, or as several reviewers note, if it quits working the first time you try it, sealing your clothes inside your gym locker, or your bike pole, bike to a pole for eternity. People are idiots, right? Uh, here's another one. Use an old barrel as a sink. Your house missing something? Uh, uh, right this instant, love, warmth, a storm door? Nope. An old barrel, which functions as a sink. Make sure you check out the rest of the pictures to see the barrel's features. It's cheap, uh, at least, right? Ha, ha, ha. No, it's like an old wine barrel, and it turned into a, a thing. Oh, this is great. The Nazi PlayStation 4. They've what? got, you can put the Nazi, like it's a, it's for when you play the, um, the game, you should, the first person shooter game, Call of Duty, and you're in the, if you like sympathize with the Nazi, you can choose, I guess, either side order. Ah, this is what the world's been missing. A Nazi flag decals for your PS4 and its controller. God. Now you can, uh, be a not neo-Nazi wow. guy who, uh, just loves history. From Trump Industries. <laughs> These are just the ridiculous things that people are selling and that you can buy. Uh, Curing cancer with carrots. Uh, I think it's a book. No, you can't cure cancer by drinking carrot juice. You can't begrudge someone for coming up with bizarre ideas to try to cope with mortality. But you can absolutely begrudge them for telling other people to drink carrot juice instead of receiving treatments, which are clinically proven to treat cancer. Uh, At least unlike giving bleach to autistic children, carrot juice won't hurt you. I actually drank too much carrot juice once and it turned my skin funny colors. And I, I mm-hmm. like, had, cra- my poo was, like, crazy, like, bright, orange, weird. It was a bizarre cleanse. I've been trying to get an orange glow down below without using self-tanner. Maybe I should yeah, you try just, carrot juice. Just try carrot juice. <laughs> just drink a ton of yeah. carrot juice. I'm trying to appeal to Donald orange. Trump. No, it's orange, too. The carpet matches your drapes. <laughs> this, this is the last one to read. This is this is bizarre and gross. The neck hair guide is a piece of plastic that you strap to your neck to cut your neck hair straight across by yourself. It costs nine ninety nine. Uh, if you can't tell if you're cutting your neck hair straight across, you won't be able to see if the neck hair guide is crooked either. It is surprisingly not by the makers of Goatee Saver, the goatee template you bite and hold on your face while you shave around your goatee. Now that's a good idea. There's nothing more distracting than a guy who's got his goatee shaved like 
<laughs> right. Hap- haphazardly. Well, like when they just don't get it right, which is you're like, you're not going down on me. I can't handle that kind of imbalance. I, I just, I. Jonathan does a fine job with his facial hair, and he always asks me, "Do you?" I'm like, "It's your face, baby. Do what you want to do with your own face." Uh, here, this is the last thing. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, see. We'll rate these. This was a. Uh, I was just looking up terrible things, and it was the top ten moments in human history. I want to see if you guys agree with these. From ten, ten down. Uh, number ten, they're saying the ten worst moments in human history. Ten Roman Catholic sex abuse. We think it's pretty up there. Well, let's yeah. see what else we have. It's, if you guys, it's definitely bad. Yeah. Yeah, if if you, sure. I mean, if you guys had some atrocities, what would you be throwing out before we go through the whole list? Worst uh, in human history. Okay. Okay. Which which burning? You know, kind of a lot. Which burning? I like. That's what I said. I said human history, like all history of. Like, I think Nero, when Nero burned the library, that I mean, I just, I, I just, like, or any time, any library, whatever. Like, I just, I cry at all the stuff, all the information, all the knowledge we've lost that's been right. burned over the years. The, back then, though, people couldn't read anyway. So who was? <laughs> yeah, only if you have, if you're a priest. No, witch burning. Witch burning's pretty bad. North American, Native American genocide. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty bad. Smallpox blanket yeah. slash buffalo shooting. Yeah. Um, right. South American all, trail of tears, the whole you know, thing. Yeah. The displacement. will say uh, I'd genocide. like to put the, the, the Native displacement American of genocide. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And genocide. Yeah. yeah. So that, and then also the same thing that happened like in South America, as well as in Brazil. So and slavery. Slavery is pretty You know, the, 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 the Slavery you know. in general, like, is in all countries in that we kept it Absolutely. off. And we actually, we still have it. And it's it, still so. happening. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's kind of bad. What yeah. else? Anything okay. else? Let's see what they have. All right. Okay. So the sexual abuse, uh, big secrets, uh, personal secrets among guilty parties. They held meetings in the 1950s concerning sexual abuse, uh, but then they just decided not to say anything. The scandal didn't hit the mainstream until the 80s. Blah, 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 blah. Bad, bad stuff. Uh, nine. The Great Chinese Famine. Mm. From 1958 to 1962, China experienced a monumental famine that killed at least 45 million people. That seems like such an... That's like... Wow. That's a huge amount of people. That's a lot of people. Yeah, especially from famine. That's that's um, 20%. Yeah. How many Americans live in the United States? 70 million? Is that what we have? No, it's 350 million. Oh, 350 million. It's about 12%. So if we lost... Wow. Um... It, uh, natural disasters in the communist pol- parties of Mao Zedong, where Chairman Mao defined this period of his rule as a great leap forward and implemented economic and social change with epic consequences. Uh, but yeah, big famine. A lot of people. Uh, big famine caused by communism. Uh, yeah. That's why uh, yeah. socialism doesn't work. Then well, the Yellow River Marxist flooded. Socialism is different than democratic. Th- this is this is crazy. Uh, Mao intended to turn China from an agrarian economy into a modern, urbanized, industrial giant on par with the U.S. That's happening now. But uh, but forcing his great leap forward on the Chinese countryside led to nationwide crop shortages. And then the Yellow River flooded in 1959, drowning or starving 2 million. And the next year, 60% of China's farmland received no rain at all. Uh, and so that's why that was crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh famine only ended when the weather improved in 1962. 5% of China starved to death, drowned, or were murdered. That's that's number nine. Number eight, forced extinction of species. This is pretty general. Um, ecologists agree that the Earth appears to exp- be experiencing a mass extinction at present uh, that's happened many times in the past. The extinction of the dinosaurs. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Which one did they say we specifically did, though? 
Um, Siberian tigers, anything with fur is a problem. Captivity thing. The tiger penis is considered the ultimate aphrodisiac in some places in China. In 2011, the western black rhinoceros was declared officially extinct. Wow. Uh, black rhinoceroses are extremely aggressive. Blah, 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 blah. They're dead now. Wow. Uh, so there you go. So they say an eight is taken by the animals. That's eight, okay. Uh, seven, fanatical terrorism. Okay, wow. Splinter cells, blah, blah, blah. And then I know that Islamic terrorists are not the only culprits. Theodore Krasinski, Timothy McVeigh, blah, 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 9-11, blah, blah, unarmed citizens, blah, blah, blah. Number six, Khmer Rouge regime. We're just okay. bringing everybody that's up. That's pretty here. bad. Yeah, the Khmer Rouge. And they showed children with guns shooting people. You know? Yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, the Khmer Rouge were members of the Communist Party. During their four-year reign of terror from 75 to 79, they completely destroyed Cambodia. Economically, politically, and demographically, they took advantage of the chaos following the Vietnam War to overthrow the Republican government and set up what their leader, Salaf Sar, who named himself Pol Pot, called it an agrarian socialism. It was, in reality, a forced relocation of every single Cambodian citizen from cities to farms where they were forced to farm regardless of skill or health. They starved to death, were beaten to death, and overworked to death, and tortured to death. Anyone deemed intellectual was immediately murdered to protect the regime. Anyone wearing glasses was deemed intellectual. Yeah. Wow. These people were taken out in killing fields, I remember the yeah. movie, and hacked to pieces with machetes. Every single book that could be found was burned, as was all the money. This makes Trina very upset. Not the money, <laughs> just the books. Yeah. And banks and even hospitals were shut down. The citizens were no longer given more than two bowls of rice soup per day. All religion was banned, and those adhering to any religion were t- prime targets for murder, including Buddhists, Christians, Muslims, anyone educated in the uni- Western universities, in any ethnicity other than Cambodian. Wow. It's intense. Yep. They killed a lot of people. And uh, so it says Pol Pot, died. Pol Pot died on the 15th of April, 1998. Yay. Uh, great month. And was claimed, claimed to be a heart failure, but he might have been poisoned or committed suicide since he was about to be arrested for his crimes. Number five. World War One. Uh, World War One was pretty bad. I don't think, I mean, world, this is, I think that we're being really short-sighted here in the last yeah. hundred years. By right. They said, the top moments in human history. Right. World War One, really? This is, we're well, talking about the last hundred years. Come on. World War One is pretty big. It was all, Franz whole, Ferdinand, uh, they assassinated Franz Ferdinand. It's a great, it's a great band, Franz Ferdinand. It's a great band. <laughs> uh, it's funny that they, but. I mean, the creation of concentration camps and, and, uh. Well, no, but World War One was that oh, they... Oh, that was That great. was that they... Sorry. We, we fucked up the Germans so bad that they started having... They, right. They made... They were having to make, like, bread out of sawdust. Like, right. they were fooling each other by being like, look, eat this, look, there's bread. And it's like, oh, it's made with sawdust. Which is they, how we, we got just, Hitler. Which right, is right, how we right, got Hitler, right, because right. they're like, what's wrong with our nation? What's terrible? He's like, yeah. I have the answer. It is the juice. It is the juice. They take everything. So they talk about World War One, blah 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 blah. Lots of people dead, but I mean, okay. estimate was sixty-five million. That's a lot. Number four. Here we go. Finally into the old school stuff. The Black Death. Okay. The plague. Uh, there's no one cause to blame for the bubonic plague's rise to power in 1360, 1346 or so, but Europe in general, can be criticized strongly for its primitive belief in witches. See, we finally got the witches in there. Because witches were hunted down wholesale by reason of insufferably pervasive fear of the devil, domestic and feral cats were also killed by the hundreds of thousands because they were thought to be witches' familiars. 
Without that one, a witch could not adequately cast a spell. Well, that's true. Right. So, <laughs> but once, once the witch hunts showed up in full swing and cats started disappearing into fires, the entire European rats. world was ripe for an epidemic of rats. And the rats showed up in full swing in 1346 in Crimea, Crimea via the Silk Road from China. There were no cats to check the rats stowing away on board merchant ships, and these rats were infested with fleas. And the fleas carried the Yersinia pests, better known as the plague. It is because of witches. They fucked themselves by killing the witches. Yeah, and like, right. let's just get clear on they didn't kill sexism. witches because it's of sexism the fear right? of the devil they they killed witches because women had witches were actually midwives and women who were healers and herbalists it's and, basically and who were sexism health care right. Se- yeah. sexism and th- yeah. but they were also the health care providers and when the church came in they said no in order for you to be a doctor you need to be a priest in order for you to be a priest you need to be a man and so if you were a, wom- a woman who was working with herbs and, and doing healing work you were, you were a, a witch. witch so I mean it and, was basically, the and they could take your land right. so it was that's, a big. It was really a big land grab, not a fear of the devil. So let's just to right. check this article. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and cats are the best, and uh, it's just funny that. And also, who, this who isn't a time. This list. Uh, this is by. Uh, it's a listserv thing. Okay. It's a just random. Big random lists. Okay. But those the crazy ass priests at that time would wear stuff like hair shirts, like make a shirt out of hair that Mormons was so that. uncomfortable that it was like penance. It was like. Just remind you of your original sin all the yeah, time. Yeah, all the time. That had like lice and stuff in oh, it that gross. would just eat at their skin. Yeah, this is how crazy the priests were then. Oh my God. Ah. And bubonic plague. Well, I think the other problem with the plague is that there was no sanitation systems and people sure. just had their chamber pots and they'd throw them out the window into the street. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you just throwing shit in the street. Yeah, no. Shit and piss concept. in the street. And then the, and then you've got the rats Bacteria, and rats eat shit. Yeah. And then they've got all the stuff and, and everybody dies. And then you have dies. no women to help heal you. Right. And there's but no. Also, you know, the irony there, though, as well, is I'm pretty sure that the uh, that forced, like the, the shortage in labor is how as the result of the plague is how we got the Magna Carta which is the first law that's sort of you know pro-labor you know a little bit everything goes to everything else here's right? a, today the bacteria has been all been eradicated in most places in the world because of cleanliness being next to godliness a regular hot bat with soap and water will wood you of fleas but such baths were not regular in the Middle Ages. No. Once bitten by an infected flea, curing yourself is really not difficult at all. Streptomycin prevents bacteria from replicating, which gives the immune system enough time to tailor an antibody to kill it. But Europe didn't know about antibiotics. Duh. That's uh, And if they, they might have had uh, fair results by eating multi bread, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, without treatment, plague is one of only three known diseases with a mortality rate of 100%. Uh, the other two, do you know the other two? Once you get it, you're, you have a mortality rate of 100%, besides life. <laughs> One is rabies. Uh, rabies really is terrible, and it's like wow. you end up cracking your own Why? back. It just kills because you. Because you, you end up, you end up right. tensing your muscles so much that you end up cracking your own back. Rabies is bad. What's the other one? Uh, HIV. No. That's what they say. AIDS. AIDS, you can't, I mean, you're going to die from AIDS, but now with all the drugs, you can keep it off for a while, but you're still going to die. But that's the thing is it's, it's dumb. Like, what are you going to die? Everybody can, if you're alive, you're going to die. You know what I mean? Like, I think that even smoking has a plague, but the other, the last one, I don't know. Uh, What else? What else? We had Yeah, we have, we have, we have have, uh, three more. Three. This is a very sad picture. This is the Holdomor. Holdomor is the Ukrainian word for killing by hunger. (gasps) 
and it is now the proper term for Joseph Stalin's forced starvation and genocide against the Ukraine from 1932 to 1933. So the manner which Stalin forced it onto the Ukrainian people is open for discussion, but most historians agree that he knew what was happening in the re Ukraine and refused to provide relief of any kind even ordering food shipments diverted from the Ukraine and what food, uh, what food its population had confiscated violently whenever necessary. Mm -hmm. He imposed this particularly cruel death sentence on so many solely out of retaliation for the Ukraine striving for national recognition and independence. Oh, God. Uh, let's see how many people died. Uh, the numbers are the saddest testimony uh, in, in one of these entries' records were not kept well during the famine, so the death tolls range from 1.8 to 12 million. Some scholars have narrowed this down to a, from f about 4 to 5 million, and the borders were closed, and uh, 190,000 tried to escape, starvation was the worst, blah, blah, blah. See, now they say that's number three, but, I mean, if they're going by the amount of people that died, I guess in one year, I guess if there's 15 million people that die in one year, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, and I don't he, know what their criteria is for this list. I don't know what their criteria is, too. It seems pretty willy-nilly. Uh, number two is World War II. Okay. Makes sense. You got Hitler. You got the concentration camps. Lots of people dying. Die, die, die. And then the Japanese would drag them into, and there was a big worldwide war. Well, they should at least say history of the 20th century. Yeah, they should have that be. Yeah. Well, but... I'm still. What's what's the I like the flag. The number one. The Crusades. The Crusades. Oh. Da, 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 da. Whereas so the Native American genocide didn't even there. make the didn't list. Didn't even make of the top course not. Didn't even make because we can't really throw that under the blanket of the Crusades because I really feel like that was more. All right, read about it. Well, there's a lot of difficulty even in acknowledging it at all. Y yeah, yeah. I, I, and Makes me mad that it's not on the list. It's not on the list yeah. at all. Nothing about. I mean, they say yeah. extinction of beasts, yeah. so buffalo, sure, but uh, whereas Stalin never offered any political explanation for nor a formal admission of attempting to starve all of the Ukraine, and Hitler explained the Holocaust as a necessary step in process of purifying and strengthening, strengthening the master race, the Crusades were undertaken by both the Christians and the Muslims for the openly expressed purpose of exterminating the opposing religion, along with all its adherents, solely to glorify God. It remains, it remains the blackest moment in the history of all religion. It lasted from 1063 until 1434, uh, when handheld gunpowder weapons were first used it to good effect in combat. Keep in mind before you denounce God for allowing it to, for causing it or allowing it to happen, that doing so is foolishly dismissive. Assuming there is a God, the Crusades were not his fault. They remain humanity's fault by two causes. First, the refusal to tolerate differences, and second, the active enjoyment derived from hurting things, especially other humans, since they can best best voice their disapproval of such actions. I saw the torture museum in uh, Amsterdam. Ugh. Insane, terrible the thing they used to do to people. Like not even just the torture of the witches, that was pretty bad too. But just like yeah. to make you denounce things or say that right. you were part of the, the worst one that we saw was this is just the worst. Humans are the terrible. And I can't believe who would carry this out. They'd hang you from your feet so that your head was down at the ground and you have no clothes on. And then they start sawing between your legs. Ah. And they saw up, and the thing is, you remain alive for a long time, and they're trying to get you to confess, so your head maintains all this blood. Who's not confessing at that point? I want to know. 
I, I don't know. I'd be like, yeah, whatever you say. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, uh, yeah, whatever you say. Go. But they're going to kill you anyway. I'm confessing just uh, being hung up by my feet. Well, that's that's all it takes for me. I, I'll confess right now. Whatever. What do you want to know? Yeah, I'll renounce whatever. <laughs> the thing is, they're, they're going to kill you either way. So I guess if they stick you up there and they start killing you, do they kill you slower or faster once you admit it? And then they're like, you're going to hell. And then you're like, oh, no. And then, I mean, I, I don't know. It was terrible. Yeah. Oh, humanity. Yeah. The, we've got a long way to go. We have we a do. long... Well, at least... And the, we've come a long way. We've come a long way. If you ever get the opportunity to go to Amsterdam, I do go through the, the torture museum. It's yeah. insane. Like I want to go to Burge. But I love that... Like, what's that movie? In Burges? Bruges? Burges? I don't know. I thought it was pronounced... With Bruges. Colin Farrell. Bruges, yeah. Yeah. I want to go there. It's in... Um, I love Yeah, that Brussels. Movie. Bruges. That's close to Amsterdam, right? Sure, yeah. sure it is. Yeah, yeah you take a train, train real, yeah, real quickly. And um, when I got off the train from Amsterdam into Brussels, uh, and you go through the underground, they gave everybody two cans of Hogarten. They were just giving away beer in the train station. Awesome. They're That's like, great. here, try it. It's delicious. Like they're like, I'm an American. I've never had Hogarten. Yeah, we could have like, double fist. Yeah, uh, they gave two to everybody. It was really nice. Uh, so, uh, crusades, crusades, crusades. Hundreds of thousands of lives, all for God. And God says, love your enemies. Yay. Huh. Well. Okay. Well, that was a good show, guys. Thanks for being. I here. guess I'm wondering who I would supplant on that list to include the, you know, cultural and, you know. Uh, lives lost you know with the imperialism of the united states oh wow well yeah i mean the 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 garment industry what we've been doing in like um bangladeshi Mm -hmm. garment factories the the one that was in uh, indonesia that collapsed Mm -hmm. and like three over three thousand people died when they were forced back in um after i mean there were there were structural cracks in the eight-story building and it was there were many different manufacturers some of them were american like they weren't because they, they they hide it by saying well we subcontracted so like you know right kmart or whatever has a subcontract in indonesia in this building there were cracks structural mm-hmm. issues they forced everyone back in right. and then it collapsed and everybody right. died well that's why they subcontract is to avoid liability right, right avoid liability well even in the u.s right now you know the majority of our produce is being picked by slaves yeah I mean, and that's like happening right now in, and you know, there, there's like an organization happening and, you know, a lot of them are indigenous farm workers, you know, well, they're, they're, our food industry is, if you go to a restaurant, your food is being made by the functional equivalent of a slave. I mean, I, th- I think minimum wage is the functional equivalent of slavery. Well, and the people picking that are making even less and working yes. in even more dangerous yeah. con- conditions and being, you know, exposed to pesticides. Absolutely. And it's a lot of them are children yep. and there's no farm worker protections. Yeah, we're just kill- yeah, we just kill people for our own. Well, just because you know Taco do, Bell, sh- it should be ninety nine cents. You know, I don't want to pay a dollar and five cents. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I, uh, uh, for a- freedom costs a buck oh five. Well, we can't because we're song? making minimum wage is the do- problem. We're not making enough money to pay we'll, for. We'll close out on this song. Uh, freedom costs a buck oh five. Do you guys mm-hmm. remember it from uh, Team America: World Police? Oh no, but I love that movie. Uh, America, full clear. Uh, I love it when it's slow too. When at the end, when they're like the sad part montage, they're like America, <laughs> fuck yeah, coming to stay a free fucking day, dollar. A freedom costs a buck oh five. A buck. Oh. Right, freedom isn't free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, freedom 
isn't free. It costs a buck oh five from Team America World Police. We're gonna we're gonna go out with this here today on the Alticast. I'd like to thank Trina Roderick and Amy Bebo for coming in and being awesome, super guest co-hosts because um, it's so hard to do it alone. And no one called in like I was. So you guys are amazing. You're here. There's more ciders in there. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end out on uh, freedom isn't free. It belongs to you and me. Freedom costs a buck oh five. After we have to watch Jennifer Aniston talk about a vino, which actually it is. I use I use fine lotion. I, but I only get it because I get it for free from my dermatologist friend. Here we go. Freedom costs a buck oh five. See you guys next week. What would Yale do if you were asked to give up your dreams for freedom? What would you do if asked to make the ultimate sacrifice? Would you think about all them people who gave up everything they had? Would you think about all them warnings and would you start to like you and me and if we don't all chip in, we'll never play that Sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are you on a raft without a patter? 
Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Oh, is is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts. You won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast got it can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool at MutinyRadio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com For the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need. And live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF. Visual and auditory mind control. Go to subliminalsf.com now. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime.